T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. All right, welcome. Hey, if you're just joining us, uh, thanks a lot. I appreciate you uh, being here, my love, and uh, be here till six o'clock tonight. Talking about the uh, the death penalty, something I wanted to get into yesterday, in light of everything we listened to uh, during a very emotional day yesterday, uh, brought back a lot of very bad memories. And uh, basically, what you have to understand um, is that uh, the the people. Uh, who were directly involved and the larger community uh, on the east side, um, you have a lot of very, very broken people. Um, it, 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 it's, it, it's just what happened was so traumatic for the entire community, but obviously especially so along Jefferson Avenue. Um, and the feeling, I've, I've heard this over and over again from people, the feeling that by virtue of being one of our black brothers or sisters, somebody could hate you enough, just based, not they don't even know you, there's no personal animosity whatsoever, just based on the way you look, is something that a lot of people are having, and with very good reason, a very hard time dealing with. And it's, it's very hard to choose love when somebody's got you in their sights because of the way you look, and yet um, most people, the overwhelming majority, have done that. They've they've chosen they've chosen love, um, and I, I, the the feeling uh, of loss, the feeling of grief that has permeated that area is real. It's genuine. Um, of course, there's some anger. There's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of anger, and the sooner this individual is put away and we don't have to hear about him ever again, the better. But even after we are done hearing about him, the echoes of his evil actions are going to continue to reverberate for many, many years to come. And uh, it just, it's, it's just a, a, a dreadful tragedy, which is beyond words. Um, Mother Nature killed 50 Western New Yorkers over the blizzard of 2022. Nature sadly does what nature is going to do. What this monster did on the 14th of May was something that was planned in advance. It was planned with precision. It was planned with hatred, and it's very, very hard for normal human beings to wrap our heads around everything that has taken place. Very difficult. 
but do not for a minute underestimate the lingering sadness and the lingering loss and the lingering fear uh, in that part of our community. And, you know, I strongly recommend to our black brothers and sisters that you do get your pistol permit, that you do carry, because God forbid this happens again, um, you should be able to defend yourself. And I know that we did have Aaron Salter, who was armed, who unfortunately ran into a evil monster who was wearing body armor, but you know, life is life is about probabilities. And anything you can do to make you safer, please please do it for yourself and and for your family. If you feel comfortable with firearms, you know, get get yourself the permit. Make sure you're properly trained, and at least have a little peace of mind in knowing that, God forbid, if there's a next time and you're there, maybe you can uh, assist in taking out the monster before the monster creates the kind of carnage that we saw on the 14th, uh, on the 14th of May. 803-0930 is the number. We're talking about the death penalty. Now, Steve is a uh, uh, retired uh, corrections officer. He spotted the innocence of Anthony Capozzi, and if you don't know, uh, if the name sounds familiar but you can't quite place it, Anthony Capozzi was convicted as the Delaware Park rapist. He went to prison for crimes he did not commit. Those crimes were committed by Altemio Sanchez, who had become the bike path killer. And Anthony Capozzi, um, he, he was wrongly convicted, Beyond a reasonable doubt, he was wrongly convicted. And the real tragedy, in addition to the people whose lives were changed forever by the actual perpetrator, um, the actual perpetrator had been alibied by an uncle in in the Carolinas who said, oh, yes, uh, he, he didn't do it. I know where he was. And I always thought that uncle should have been charged. I always thought he should have been held accountable for it criminally and and civilly because one of the victims of the Delaware Park rapist actually saw Sanchez at a local mall, followed him outside, wrote down the plate number, the cops investigated, but his uncle alibied him. Just a horrible situation. Steve uh, in Amherst is uh, back with us. Now, you said that your actions made you uh, unpopular amongst uh, your fellow COs. Um, yes, Tom. Why? What, explain I, the culture to us. Tom, I, I, can I give you a message from a white man to the black community, a message? Because I'm really, I'm sweating, and I've been through a lot in my life. And I want to send a message of love because I was beat really bad. I mean really bad. I'm in bad shape, and you can hear me on the phone. And I was beat by a black assailant, a black inmate. And it was a black officer who tried, who saved my life, and he spent 58 days in a hospital bed. And another little white officer who tore his rotator cuff out so I wouldn't die. I want to tell all those poor people in Buffalo right now I'm breaking up, and I don't care. I want them to forgive him. I forgave my assailant. I forgave him for what he did to me. Because I'm shaking and I'm in really rough shape over this in my whole life. I've never been able to recover from it. 
But I want these people to know that they can forgive and that they can forget and they can forgive. And if they can do that, they'll be a better human being for it, Tom. And, Tom, you're a great man because for me to tell my story to you and you to listen to me was the best medicine I've ever had in my whole life, Tom. And I thank you for that. Um, Steve, I'm I'm very deeply honored, and I I wish you, obviously, I, I wish you the very best, sir. And uh, I, I thank you for holding. I thank you for trusting me with that story, and I hope that uh, people are listening who hear your message and at least consider it, Steve. And I thank you very much for calling. Thank you. Um, as far as as far as forgiveness. Um, you know, people deal with uh, situations like this in, in many ways. And, you know, I, I understand, and I think we all do, what Steve was saying and his ability to forgive the man who beat him up and to thank the people who came to his aid. But I, I don't know that... I think forgiveness or rage are things that are within the individual people who were affected by this monster on the 14th of May. And I personally believe that in many instances, forgiveness can be a tremendous burden that you lift from yourself. Um, forgiveness can assist you in lifting the burden from yourself. But if you aren't there, and you may never be there, don't go thinking you're some kind of a horrible person because you can't forgive. You are human. So if you're unable to forgive, you know what? That's between you. That's between you and God. That's between you and your family. And I don't. I don't think that. I don't think any of us can pass judgment on anybody who is unable to forgive. Something that came up yesterday. And uh, I guess I should mention it again today, especially after that very moving phone call. But came up yesterday is if you think back to the Charleston, South Carolina church shooting, where this white kid walked into a black church and it was a Bible study. And he prayed for a while with these people that he wanted to kill. And after praying with them in Bible study, he pulled out a gun and he murdered a whole bunch of people. And very shortly thereafter, and it was around Easter time, as I recall, we watched on closed circuit television, victim after victim, family member after family member of the victims standing up and saying, I'm a Christian, I forgive you, I will pray for you. I don't want to hate you, but I want you to know what you took from us. And we carried, we replayed a lot of what we heard that day. And as I've mentioned before, in real time and in real life, it, it was one of the most effective witnesses for the Christian faith that we've ever seen. Here are these people who are absolutely enmeshed in a net of acute grief and they were able to find it within their faith, within their souls, within their selves to forgive shortly after the event. And I, I don't know that 
I would be able to do that. I'd, I'd like to believe I could. I, I, I can't say that. But everybody's got to deal with an assault on their family, an assault on the way they look, um, in the way that, that they see fit. And, yeah, the world would be a better place if forgiveness was put more into practice. But there are some things that are a lot harder to forgive than other transgressions. And what happened on May 14th is is so difficult to forgive because of all the premeditation, all of the planning, all of the opportunities he had to turn around and go home. Everything that he could have done that he didn't do. And as a result, he left a community. You know, the entire community was deeply deeply traumatized by what happened on the 14th of May. And obviously, the folks who live along Jefferson Avenue, who shop in that tops, most acutely affected. But when I said earlier about the reaction in Buffalo being different than we might have seen in other places, and people coming together more and reacting by choosing love instead of hate, instead of violence. That call from Steve is kind of what I was alluding to, even though I had no idea what Steve was, was going to say. It's a very powerful phone call. And, and this whole time frame since May 14th has been very emotional, and it's been very powerful, and it's been very difficult for a lot of people. And... Um, as people listen to what Steve had to say, you know, you, you, can decide, you can decide how you want to proceed with your own feelings toward this monster. I just don't know a better word. Now, obviously, very uh, deeply touched and moved by what, uh, what Steve had to say. And, you know, I think um, Steve speaks for many people um, who, uh, well, many, many white people um, who you know, wish that there was some way to properly convey love, properly convey sympathy, properly express our disgust at what happened on May 14th and who want to share exactly how deeply your sadness has affected everybody. Those of you in the in, in the major impact area. Um, and I hope that you realize if, if your family and, and, and people you know were, were directly affected by this or you just living in the area uh, are living in, in fear or feeling broken and dispirited and disheartened, I hope that you can take some small comfort in knowing that people you don't know people you might never meet or come into contact with are with you um, in spirit and feel so bad, so unspeakably horrible for what that evil did on May 14th. I think Steve speaks for a lot of people, and I hope that knowing that that monster does not think or speak 
in any way, shape, or form for the vastly overwhelming number of people who are deeply saddened and continue to be by May 14th. I hope that there's some small degree of comfort that you can derive from that. You know, sometimes there's this uh, there's this imaginary line that we draw up because we all have these mental constructs of, okay, East Side, North Buffalo, Williamsville, uh, black community, white community. Um, and those lines don't really do anybody any good. And they're not really... They're not really a valid construct because the fact of the matter is many of us come into contact with people every day whose circumstances are vastly different than our own, whose background, expectations, family history, much different than our own. Uh, and somehow we somehow we get by. But, yeah, you know, just thinking about what Steve had to say um, – Thinking about what he had to say, I think I will simply end this little rant by saying he, he speaks for a lot of people, it's just that he too had a personal experience with a crime being beaten. He, he's a white man. He was beaten by a black man, a black man. Another one came to his aid along with another white man, and he's, he's not walking around with uh, hatred in his heart. And I, I give him all the credit in the world for being able to do that. At the same time, I cannot blame, I cannot find fault, how could we, with anybody who isn't there and who might never get there. 803-0930 is the phone number on News Radio 930 WBEN. Talking about the death penalty and whether you are for the death penalty or against the death penalty on News Radio 930 WBEN. Um, and you know, it's interesting too that even victims' families have split opinions on this. We'll hear two of them coming up right after the news and before we get to your calls on News Radio 930 WBEN. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. And, uh, you know, I know that uh, I, I don't exactly sound chipper um, over the past couple of days, and I, I, I think that you can understand why. You know, there's a certain uh, spirit and a certain mood in the community right now that, uh, especially doing a, a talk show like this with everything that has been in the news, um, I just I just think it would be kind of wildly inappropriate to hey uh, 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 I think it would be very inappropriate to be that way. I think it you know we should I think we should be somber and I think we should be reflective at the same time I don't want anybody thinking that uh, um, this is you know something personal going on with me. 
Um, it isn't, except to the extent that, like every other person in western New York, the actions of May 14th and the suffering of our neighbors in our community has caused uh, a great deal of reflection. It's caused a great deal of grief and sadness. And uh, May 14th is just, it's its never going to be the same. I made the point yesterday, there are certain dates in history that uh, are indelibly marked into your brain. July 4th, November 22nd, December 7th, September 11th, and here in Buffalo, it is uh, May 14th. Now, over time, as generations come and go, uh, May 14th will not have quite the same acute meaning as it has to us now uh, any more than September 6th does. September 6th was the day President McKinley was shot in Buffalo, New York, and he died over a week later. At the time, it was obviously a huge black mark on the city of Buffalo uh, because prior to Dallas, there were only two cities in which a president of the United States had been assassinated, Washington, D.C. and Buffalo, New York. And obviously it was a very, it's a very big deal. It was a very sad time for this community. And uh, when you watch some of the old news reports on YouTube from November 22nd, 1963, a lot of people were very concerned about the long-term image of Dallas, Texas. Now, obviously, it's been 59 years since the assassination of President Kennedy, and uh, people, generations have gone, new generations come up. So that date to the person in Dallas today does not mean what it did to somebody 20 or 30 years ago. Um, we know it happened, but the personal part of it uh, is is gone. And you know, we need, uh, and I, I hope that everybody can agree on an appropriate memorial and monument to the victims so that as my generation dies out, as people who are younger than I, who were alive May 14th of 2022, as you grow up and mature and eventually, um, eventually go on, that generations in the future who see that monument will at least be curious enough to look it up and see exactly what that monument is all about and why it was put up and why it was important to the people who put it up. And, you know, one of the things, and I don't mean to get too far afield here, but one of the things <clears throat> that happened, the Civil War ended in 1865, but one of the things that happened in the 1880s, 1890s, was the people who had fought in the Civil War felt it very, very important that their sacrifices be remembered by generations to come. And you had a big period after the Civil War as the veterans of the Civil War moved into positions of prominence and power of monument building all over the United States. And you go to pretty much any small town in America and you'll see a monument dedicated to the men who served from that region in the Civil War, 1861 to 1865. And hopefully some people who see those little monuments in places like Alcott, um, hopefully some young people will be inspired to read up on the Civil War and what it was all about 
and the lives of those who served in it. And hopefully with an appropriate monument that is erected in Buffalo, generations that come after us will be curious enough to want to know what happened and to try to uh, to, to try to 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 piece together as much information and understanding as they possibly can. So when you when you build a monument, you're doing it because you want to honor the victims. You're also doing it because you don't want the victims or the event to be forgotten by people who come after you, if you understand what I'm saying. So when when people talk about the monument and the importance of a monument, please understand that it's a very real concern and it's a very real thing. And, you know, it's uh, time always marches forward. And unfortunately, we as human beings, we have uh, we have short memories. We have short attention spans. But one of the things a monument does is it leaves a mark for the future that hopefully people can understand better and certainly never forget what happened and how it affected people who were alive in 2022 and in 2023. And that's why there's such a focus on making sure that we get it right. Um, and I, I think that needs to be um, something that needs to get done, and it needs to get done in as tasteful and as tactful a way as possible, yet in a way that is going to get attention and be noticed so that it serves its purpose of commemorating the dead, commemorating the grief of the families and the friends of those who were murdered, and in the future spark some interest in knowing more about that horrible day. Because there's going to come a time when every single one of us who is alive for that terrible day, when we're no longer here, and the generations after us deserve to remember those who were caught up in this act of barbaric terrorism. It is uh, 446 at News Radio 930 WBEN. Talking about the, uh, the death penalty, actually. Um, Want to get back into that. The death penalty and your feelings on it. And we had actually, with uh, some of the victims' families, um, we had uh, two different thoughts on the death penalty as applied to the tops shooting terrorist. Uh, Tim Wenger from WBEN asked Barbara Massey, whose sister Kat was murdered, um, what she was thinking during the sentencing proceedings yesterday. How did you feel today when he spoke in the courtroom? What went through your mind when... Are you going to keep it down there? You going to cut it out? You going to keep it on, what I'm going to say? I'm not going to swear. You say what you want. <laughs> That's why I asked. To my fingerprint, left a mark around his neck. That's what I wanted. From the bottom of my heart. I have not felt this good since 514. Uh, that is uh, Tim Wenger talking with Barbara. And what are the other uh, perspectives on this from uh, Zanita Everhart uh, responding to a comment that the top's terrorist looked like he was scared when he was rushed in the courtroom? Let's listen in. Um, he should be scared. This is why I've said over and over again that I don't believe in the death penalty. Every day of the rest of his life, he should be scared. Mm -hmm. He should be fearful. He should not be able to sleep. He should, he should not have a waking moment where he does not think about what he did. 
So this is very interesting because on the one hand, you've got Barbara, and I made the point yesterday, I think every single one of us, we all have a Barbara Massey in our families. Do we not? Somebody who is very outspoken, somebody who we absolutely positively would want on our side, having our back, and she said, look, I would like to strangle him. I want my fingerprints on his neck. I want to strangle him. And that is one way of looking at it. On the other hand, Zanita, uh, when talking with the press, said she doesn't believe in the death penalty. And she wants the murderer to spend the rest of his life living in fear. Now, I don't know how much contact the terrorist is going to have with other people in a prison population. I suspect that most of his time is going to be in solitary or something very close to solitary to minimize the chance that he is uh, uh, murdered in prison, which, by the way, happens, uh, especially in cases that provoke a lot of emotion. Um, baby killers evoke a lot of emotion among fellow inmates. Um, you know, I mean, just watch a, watch a few movies, watch a few shows, and you'll understand that that is absolutely true. Um, the most hardened killer of grown-ups, you put that person in a room with a baby killer, and uh, the baby killer probably is not going to walk out of there uh, alive. You know, there were gangsters in London in the 1960s, the uh, Cray brothers, Reginald and Ronald, and they both were murderers. Uh, and were responsible for several murders of various villains uh, in in London during the 1960s. But when it came to other people who had killed but different victims, there was no respect. There was no inmate courtesy extended. In fact, they had to be protected from people like the craze and the craze associates in the firm who did a lot of time for the various acts of murder they had committed. And I'm not telling you something that you don't already know, but as far as you are concerned, death penalty, yes or no? Yes or no? Because Barbara says she'd have strangled him herself, and Zanita says she wants him to feel fear for the rest of his life. And don't forget, Jeffrey Dahmer, Jeffrey Dahmer didn't last that long in prison. He was murdered by another inmate. I always thought they should have given the other inmate a medal. But see, that that's me. Uh, that was Jeffrey Dahmer did unspeakable atrocities that I don't even want to get into. You know what they are. And if you don't, don't read up on them before you eat because you're not going to want to finish your meal. Um, and another guy who was murdered in prison was Whitey Bulger, who was a mob guy in Boston. And uh, he was very publicly transferred to another facility. And shortly after he was transferred to a new facility, uh, he was murdered by other inmates. And here's the thing. It wasn't so much that Whitey Bulger was a gangster and that's why he was murdered. Whitey Bulger was likely murdered because it came out that he was actually a snitch. One of the reasons why he was able to establish such a prominent position in organized crime in Boston was because he basically was in league with some people in law enforcement and ratted out people in some of the other mobs so he could be the, the, the big cheese. 
Um, and it's it's very interesting. I mean, Whitey Bulger was what eighty eight years old or some some very advanced age at the time of his murder, but uh, they they never forgot that he was a snitch. And uh, you know, I don't understand prison life other than what I've seen in the movies and and seen on TV. But uh, there are some things that are just universal, and one of them is you don't want to be a snitch in prison. Uh, we're going to take more calls, 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. And I mentioned the craze just a few moments ago. There's a lot of speculation that their prison records, their criminal records, are still sealed and will be for another 50 or so years. It is thought that they actually cooperated with Scotland Yard. And that is why they rose to such a position of prominence in London gangland and clubland in the 1960s. Um, it, it's it's a, a fascinating area of, uh, of study. And one of the things that always gets me when you read up about these people, um, many of these people, like Al Capone, Reggie Cray, not so much Ron. Ron was severely mentally ill. But John Gotti, these people would have been successes in any legitimate area of business they'd wanted to enter. But for whatever reason, environment, circumstances, they chose a life of crime. And they could have done so much more with their lives. Meyer Lansky, brilliant man, absolutely brilliant. He was hounded to the end of his life in 1983 by the feds because somebody said he had $300 million stashed away. And uh, there's no evidence that he really did have $300 million stashed away. Let's go to Bill in Williamsville. You are on. Hello. Time of pleasure. Uh, quickly, everything. Um, I, I don't agree, and I do agree with the death penalty because the, it's ridiculous in our justice system that so many people are in death row and nothing's ever carried out. So it's not a deterrent in that way. The aspect of Nuremberg, uh, I heard a... Um, I can't recall the name of one of the uh, people that was a witness. Uh, he was in, uh, whether it was Krakow or one of the other death camps, and then after the fact, when they liberated, he was one of the witnesses against the German hierarchy. And when he got there, he actually was called, and he broke down in tears, and that his statement was, I, I, I don't, I can't, I'm, 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 I'm like them. I'm like them because what I want to do to them, and I'm ashamed of those feelings that I have this towards another human that, you know, obviously is crazed and things like that. Like this gentleman, or you can't even say that this monster, in my opinion. Well, I'm just, I'm a little bit confused. Yeah. I'm a little bit confused about the Nuremberg reference. Are you saying that uh, some of the judges at Nuremberg who wanted to pursue no, no, no. the death penalty? No, what, well, they, you know, you know the history of it much more than I and more intimately. But what I'm talking about is the fact he was one of the people that were called to witness to the hor horrific, horrific nature of the whole thing. I could try to pull it up, um, but the aspect of his. He just he he kind of fell to his knees crying, saying, I am like them in the aspect of my hatred for these people surviving. But and I'm surviving. And now I want to do the same that they did to us. And, and it's just it's sad because it is sad. Yeah, I, I, I still I still don't know of whom, I still don't know about whom I, you are I, speaking, to be I honest know. with you. Uh, but I know I wish I, I wish I knew. But. 
you you'd know and if I can get it back to you or you know reference until you but that same thing but yeah it's the deterrent of the death penalty believe me I if it was somebody close to me I feel the same way and we can't unless we like anything unless we've been in a situation uh, this 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 sympathy that people say oh I know how you feel no you don't and it's a tragedy no matter what we feel black white whatever you can't unless you're part of it, unless you're that type of, but it's just sad that we have these things go on no matter what we do for forever. It's been going on forever in history. So, so as far as the death penalty, are you, are you for or against the death penalty? I, in a way, in a way, yes. Being a, being a, <laughs> yes, Christian, what you are I, for it or you're against it. Yes. Yes. I'm, I am for it because there's references in the old Testament all the way up to the new and the New Testament, you know, with grace, but it's it's different. It's just it's tough. If I had to be the deciding factor, it's tough. But if I was if I was uh, emotionally and intimately involved with that person that was executed and thought about and killed by this animal, then I would have a different reference to that, and I would say, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, I would probably take that person like myself, but I would say, listen. I'm sorry. I have to do it. I got to do it if that's it, and that's it. So, All right, Bill, thank you uh, very much. We'll take more calls on the uh, death penalty. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.